Praise You, Lord, is a Catholic Christian praise and worship radio ministry. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Zagaria. Please join us as we give praise, honor, and glory to our loving, awesome, and merciful God. So amazingly grateful to have in Father Richard Champney O'Carm in the studio today, and uh, we've already had a great adventure uh, one of my computers didn't even, so I wasn't even even able to get into it. But we've we've got another setup here, and we've got uh, Father Richard in the studio with Jackson Messick as well, and we're in kind of like a triangle, yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at each other and having conversation here. And we brought in Father Richard. Well, firstly, Father Richard, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here with you. Yes, and uh, we are so grateful to have you. Thank you. Yes, and this is a follow-up to our first broadcast that we had named Medjugorje, Fatima, and Fear. And when we did this broadcast, uh, we had, um, I don't basically, I mean, I had prayed and fast, and I, that was what I was, I believe I was hearing to, to speak about. And as I said in the, in the first broadcast, I have no idea how to do this. How, how am I going to speak about these three subjects in, uh, in a short radio broadcast and mm-hmm. introduce music, et cetera? What's interesting, Father Richard and, and Jackson, is it's, it's the program we've had the most response from. Yeah. Where it's people awesome. have le- literally come and reached out and said, wow. We really like your program, especially episode number one hundred seventeen. It's awesome. Since then, we we did a did an episode number one hundred and eighteen, and uh, there were some technical difficulties up at the radio station. So, I, I think the resistance is probably a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> I must mean, be I, doing something right yeah sure. <laughs> I, I remember when we first went from one radio uh, station to the second radio station that the the very uh my understanding of what happened was i wasn't there was that the very day that we were going to go on to this new radio station uh one of them i forgot which one mm-hmm. got hit by lightning mm-hmm. destroyed Crazy. everything in 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 the station you know yeah. and uh they had to they had to build back up from scratch so mm. we're not first of all those out who are listening out in the praise you lord audience thank you so much for listening and uh we are the underground independent catholic christian radio broadcast brought to you once a once a week by the grace of god and by your prayer so i'd like to thank you so much for your prayers your intercessory prayer is not only uh uh being thanked for but i want you to know that it's it's essential mm-hmm. to this radio broadcast being uh, putting put out on the airwaves, and uh, we were just having a discussion on some of some of the subjects that we're going to be speaking about today, and saying that where is the mainstream media? You know where where why are we not hearing about these things like Medjugorje, mm. like uh, Fatima, and like other subjects of that sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this is a broadcast that is is covering that those topics and uh, and we need your prayer we really do so those who are praying for us thank you thank you thank you please continue to pray for the praise you Lord community and, and for for us here at the radio uh, broadcast and station thank you so much thank you Father Richard we we um, we not only uh, are friends 
but you're also my pastor and uh, we've known each other for quite some time and yes. I know you to be a man of God yes and Thank a trustworthy uh, representative of the Catholic Church Thank you. and I don't say that lightly I don't trust mm -hmm. most people in general and I think you know that <laughs> we've known each other a long time now yeah and uh, we've we've uh, we've done ministry uh, together. We have. Yes, it's been a and, blessing. Yeah, Amen. It sure has. It's been a it has been a great blessing for me. I, I must say, Father, I know you not only to be a, a, a man of God and a, a real Catholic priest, and I mean that a real one hundred percent Catholic priest. Yes. Uh, but also, um, you have been to Medjugorje. I've been there three times, actually. Yeah. And uh, this is a great reason to bring you in on the program. I've been, we've been discussing you coming in anyways, but this specific uh, subject is a subject, in my opinion, that's very immediate and import, important in immediacy because she's been coming for how long now? Almost 38 years. Since 1981, every yeah. day, right? Every day. Yeah. And she, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, completely confirms the the visions at Fatima. Correct? Yes. Yes. And so, and she predicted things like World War II mm -hmm. and other things. And 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 her message, uh, to my understanding, has been to um, to pray, to repent, uh, to 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 come back to Jesus. Yeah. And um, and uh, and if not, that some very bad things are going to happen on the earth. That was the Fatima. Right. message maybe in a nutshell would how would you sum it up well that's basically been her message from the very beginning mm -hmm. and uh, she has not changed her message at all and just reaffirms it especially in Medjugorje and other places like Ecuador which is another beautiful vision that um, you know could is not very well known in the media either but yes the the uh, the visions at Ecuador you're very involved in personally as well are are you not I am uh, I had the opportunity in 1992 to visit Patricia Talbot who had been receiving these apparitions uh, in Ecuador and at her very home where the visions first uh, happened and uh, Patricia has been we also call her Pachi she has been in touch with uh, us and has frequently visited our parish here in Boca Raton St Jude Parish. And she comes and speaks about the messages that Mary has given her. And she travels all over the world doing this and has been approved by her local bishop, but also by many others. And uh, it's just, she's such a, a wonderful speaker um, and is a very obviously a holy, beautiful young woman. It's awesome. I've, I've been to uh, St. Jude Catholic Church Parish in Boca Raton, Florida, where I go to church and have been for quite some time since I've moved down to South Florida. I've, I travel a lot, as you know, and, and so I'm in a lot of different churches. But um, I've been to see um, Patricia tell how, how do you say her name again? Pachi. Pachi, right, Pachi. I've seen Pachi speak uh, a few times now, and yeah. it's it's been very touching. And um, and uh, so that is that is really awesome, Father. Uh, back to Medjugorje. What's happening at Medjugorje? Most people do not know what Medjugorje is. People, um, I, I must say, I must say this that that um, I found out about Medjugorje when I was eighteen years old. Hmm. I'm a, as you guys know, I'm a musician. I was I was playing in a band. We had just played this beach party, 
in Gloucester, Massachusetts, on a private part of the beach. And there are all kinds of, you know, normal you know, imbibements of, of, of <laughs> as you can imagine, right? This is, this is this is back going back a while. I'm 50, so that would be, what, 32 years ago. Yeah. And uh, lots of pretty girls, you know, single guy. Um, and, uh, you know, in the band. And I met a really, really pretty Italian girl from a, to- a neighboring town. <clears throat> we... We started hanging out. We started to make out and stuff like that, you know. And then we found some time, like, alone where things could have gone to the next level where I would have been visiting the uh, confessional, um, you know, if, 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 if things continued. And she started to speak to me about Medjugorje. Mm. And I said, what? And she, goes, <laughs> and she started telling me about it. And I said, why have I never heard of this before? Mm. Now, that was in 19... 19- 87 1981 was what let's see so that would have been six years six years of the virgin mary appearing at medjugorje and giving in and, and, and uh every day every for day. six years i'm from boston yeah. at that time a very very catholic community and i had never heard mm-hmm. of medjugorje at that time yeah okay and i was i was baptized i was i was um I went through all the sac well the sacraments the normal sacraments through to that point including confirmation never heard of it mm. and uh, and that and that was amazing I never forgot that yeah. and that was the first time I heard of it now I bet there are people listening to this program in the praise you lord community or someone that just is flipping on the radio show or someone maybe gave you a CD or you're listening to a podcast or whatever and you're just listening in and you're like what is Medjugorje what is that what is, what are they even talking about mm. This is 48 years later. Incredible. Right? So, Father, I, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm here to testify. People do not know what Medjugorje is. So maybe yeah. we could just start from the real basics. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, well, it's one of the most incredible things in history, in the history of the Catholic Church especially, <clears throat> that the Blessed Mother um, has appeared to these six visionaries in the beginning every day. And she still is appearing to three of them every day and giving messages that are very simple, very clear. Um, And she sums it up usually at the end of many of her uh, apparitions by saying, pray, pray, pray. And I'm not sure that a lot of people understand what that means. But she hasn't given up on the message. She always thanks the visionaries for coming to listen to her. And she you know, has that constant uh, repetition is sort of like her mantra that we need to turn to her son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. We need to pray a lot. We need to repent of our sins uh, and we need to fast and do all those, all those Catholic things that I think in our age, a lot of younger Catholics never even heard of. Mm. And that's unfortunate, but you know, this is still uh, the, the teaching of the Catholic Church that prayer is the foundation of everything that we do. Yeah. And I'm particularly concerned about that as a Carmelite because our, um, you know, our main charism is prayer. And you know, we're called as Carmelites, but I think as all Christians, we're called to pray and to really spend some uh, significant time with the Lord uh, Mother Teresa kind of affirmed that in her own way and said, you know, if you have any problems, spend an hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament mm. and you will see all your problems will be solved. Um, so in Medjugorje, what's happened 
is since Mary first started appearing there in 1981, she just keeps coming every day and saying to these visionaries, this is really important. And the six visionaries, uh, Mary has given to each of them a special ministry, if you will. Mm. And um, you can find all of this, by the way, as a quick aside. Just go online and just type in the word Medjugorje. And it's a hard word to spell. Sometimes people don't quite know how to spell it, but I'll spell it for you. M-E-D. G-U-G-O-R-J-E. That last J is what very often people forget. <laughs> uh, but, and it's pronounced a lot of different ways. Some say Medjugorje. Some say Medjugorje. Um, but I think you get the point as, as to what it is. And you go online, and there's a wonderful website that you can get all the information that you need. And um, also, there's another... Um, and in some ways, I'd like to dedicate this, this interview to Wayne Weibel. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne was a uh, Protestant Lutheran, and he was editor of four newspapers. And uh, at one point, the Blessed Mother kind of spoke to him and said, I want you to do something special for me and to spread the messages of what's happening in Medjugorje. And he was like, "Ah, what do I know about it? So he went out of curiosity. He thought it would make a good story for his newspapers. Well, he had this incredible conversion, eventually became a Catholic, and has written um, three major books and seven other kind of minor books, if you will. Uh, so he he really is a, is a great uh, proponent uh, of the whole Medjugorje story. Um, Wayne just died about a year ago, and may he rest in peace, and may his work continue. Uh, such a blessing for everybody. And so, you know, you have these visionaries who keep uh, repeating to us the words that Mary has said to them. And <clears throat> I've had the, the pleasure and the, the tremendous privilege of going to Medjugorje three times. The first time I went, um, <clears throat> it was amazing. Um, I hadn't heard much about it myself. I didn't know much about it, but uh, some people encouraged me to go as part of a, a pilgrimage, which I did. And <clears throat> when I got there, um, it was the most amazing feeling and spirit, and, and everything was about peace. Mm. And Everywhere you went, it was just nobody was rushing or screaming or hollering or ordering or any of those kind of things. Everybody was just so quiet and peaceful. And especially you saw that in the um, area outside the Church of St. James, which is run by the Franciscan Fathers. And that was in the just around the church outside, just on a bench or so, priests were hearing confessions all the time. Day and night, there were confessions and confessions, and people would walk away. Uh, there were signs next to a priest, whatever language he might speak. Wow. And um, the first time I went there, I, I was like in awe just to see so many people responding to that. <clears throat> and then over the years, the second and third time I went there, by this time, they had built confessionals. And I think there's something like 50 confessionals lined up wow. on the side of the church. And there's lines out in front of every single one of them with all the different languages. And <clears throat> that's one thing John Paul, Pope John Paul, the Saint Pope John Paul II said, that, you know, the fruits of Medjugorje are reason enough to consider it as something worth going to. Mm. And he certainly supported having pilgrimages go there. It was a, a great thing for people to go and to have the opportunity to turn to the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I could go on forever about it, I'm sure, but... 
Um, you know, one time, again, I felt so privileged. I think it was the first time I went, actually. Hmm. We arranged that I would be the celebrant of the Mass on the 3rd of November. It just happens to be my birthday. Hmm. And at that time, the Blessed Mother, who appeared in different locations because of the uh, authorities wouldn't allow her uh, you know, to do it in, in certain places, so she accommodated the authorities as well. And it appeared to the children wherever it was that you know it was available. Excuse me, Father. When you say authorities, is that church authorities? No, or? this was the local uh, political authorities. I see. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and um, at this time, she was appearing in the choir loft of the church, the St. James Church. Mm-hmm. And um, I often tell people what a joy it was for me on my birthday to not only uh, you know celebrate my birthday with the Blessed Mother, but there were 1,500 people in the church wow. just as well. So it was like uh, such an exciting and, and you know wonderful venture. Mm. And um, then you know we had opportunities to listen to some of the uh, visionaries and uh, hear their story, and they were all so um, peaceful. Again, that, that's the, the word that you, every time you think of it, it just keeps coming back. Mm. Um, one of the first things that I did when we went there, one of the visionaries, Mar- Marisha, I'm never quite sure how to pronounce all their names. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, we were standing outside her house. I can still see her. She was standing on the stairway, and there was like a grapevine over the thing. It's a beautiful area. And <clears throat> there was a, a the sun does a lot of strange things there. Mm-hmm. And the sun was dancing in the sky, and people looked up, and they were ooing and aahing. Mm-hmm. And it just lasted for a moment or two, and I saw it myself. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, people were like, they didn't know what to do or say. And I said to the visionary, I said, you know, why is God sending these signs? I was expecting the answer to convert people. And she said, the reason for these signs is to affirm those who have the faith. And you know that these signs are an affirmation of what is really going on there. And I was surprised at that, that uh, response, yeah. but also very pleased that that was her, her reaction. Father, Father, may I ask you uh, sure. a question in that? Um, as I listen to you speak about visionaries, right? I, I think the general public may perhaps when they think of visionaries of these kind of big um sometimes a visionary you might think of someone with a hood on and uh you know this kind of like or maybe a lot of um i don't know perhaps even you know to just a general person because by the way and by the way you're listening to praise you lord the underground independent catholic christian radio broadcast brought to you once a week uh now on catholic radio network thank you so much to the new stations up in kansas colorado in Missouri, as well as down here in the Palm Beaches and uh, and the Treasure Coast of Florida. And there are all kinds of people that listen to Praise You, Lord. We already discussed that. And sometimes we, you know, we Catholics, and particularly people who are following these, these, these visions, we have a language that some people may not, may, they may not understand. One of the things that, um, that I found very interesting is that both at Fatima, and at Medjugorje, that that Our Lady, uh, Jesus' mother, has appeared to children, mm. not to great people that have studied all kinds of things or have clairvoyant properties or some kind of mm-hmm. like magical quality mm-hmm. qualities right. to them. Now these, it's been forty-eight years, so these children have grown up. And not only that, but they were shepherd children. Right, they were all shepherds, which was a very simple uh, and humble. 
uh, type of profession or, or th- you know, task, I, <laughs> life, I guess you could say. Lifestyle. Life, lifestyle. Sure, yeah. So I, I just wanted to mention, so you, sure. you've you met um, the, we call them visionaries, but these are just ordinary folk. Mm. Right. Another well, word they use is seers. In other words, people who see. People who see. Yeah. Yeah, visionaries as people who have right. vision. Right. Mm. So the other folks don't see Mary. Right. Um, how, so these shepherd children who have grown up now, uh, you, how old would you have known them to be when, when you met them? Well, I think Ivan, who was the oldest, um, the first time I went there, he was 18. Wow. Just a little boy. You, you, know? met, you went there a while ago. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, that was 1988 was the first time I went there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, Ivan was young, you know, tall, slim, handsome, dark hair. And uh, it was like, he's a visionary. Well, you, know, well, he, you know, it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that because he married a, 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 a Massachusetts girl. Right. Which is where I'm from. A very pretty there, one. Yeah, and she was, I believe, Miss, Miss Massachusetts. She was Miss Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts too, so I know yeah. all that. Oh, that's right too, Father. So, um, so and because of that, he come. He has been coming to Massachusetts, and he um, he came to uh, a few parishes that I I was able to not only meet him but but be there for the visions and yeah. and uh, and so. But I, but when I met him, he was you know he must have been I don't know forty in his forties or something like that, yeah. mm-hmm. or maybe later. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so so that's interesting. So now, um, what is your experience with these people? Because I think sometimes Father Richard, and even for priests and so on, so, uh, or even p- perhaps maybe even as a radio host, you know, I think what it's it's important to to uh, to document, you know, who are these people, you mm-hmm. know, and what makes them different than someone else. And I yeah. think that the the mm-hmm. most interesting thing for my part is that they're ordinary people. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and. Um, most of them, I think only one is not married. All the others are married mm. and have families, you know, mm-hmm. two or three children. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we think, as like you say, a visionary as an already canonized saint, mm. um, you know, but mm. that's not how it is. They're good and holy people, but maybe their biggest two qualities that they have is, first of all, they're very humble. Mm. You know, like you said, they're shepherds. And uh, the first time I went to Medjugorje, the streets were, you know, you walk down the street and a whole herd of sheep would come by. Mm. (laughs) That doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, so they're very humble people, but also they're very obedient. Mm. Mm. And somehow they learned that obedience, you know, from their own families, but also in response to Mary. And she, you know, Mary thanks them, the Blessed Mother, thanks them always for their listening and for their obedience. Beautiful. That's that's interesting. Yeah, um, I've learned in my own experience, right, as as I've been trying to walk out the Catholic faith, mm-hmm. that um, there's a scripture that reads that obedience is better than sacrifice. Right, and uh, and that and that God and I know that in our prayer group while we were speaking just this week uh, about about the blessings and the curses. Right. And that when we choose to do things God's way, the blessings flow. That's our choice. Yeah. We choose the blessing by right. being obedient to Him right. and His Word and His His precepts and and His law. And uh, and then we choose the curse when we choose to do our something else. Basically, right. follow yeah. our own will. Follow our own will. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, so you've been to Medjugorje, th- did you say three times? Three times, yeah. Yeah. The third time was maybe one of the most interesting. 
if not the most advantageous, it was a retreat for priests. Neat. And there were over 300 priests from all over the world Whoa. who came together for this retreat oh, being wow. given by awesome. basically by the visionaries. And Ivan, the older of the uh, of the two boys in the uh, lineup, he was given by the Blessed Mother the ministry to priests. So his primary ministry is to priests. Hmm. And uh, while the 300 or so priests were there, he uh, asked the Blessed Mother to arrange to have a vision in the hall where we were having our um, conferences. And uh, we were all there as the Blessed Mother, you know, appeared to Ivan. And um, he afterwards, you know, told us basically what she said and how she had reached her hands out to all of us and told us, you know, how important we are and how blessed we are and how much she loves us. And uh, it was like, woo. That was really powerful. Well, how would how would um, there? I've run into a lot of doubters. I've 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 bought that Wayne Weeble book. I don't know if it was originally given to me or if I purchased it. I don't recall. I've read it several times. I know he has a bunch of them. I've read a sequ- at least a sequel, maybe a third. I, I don't recall which ones I read and which ones I didn't. But the point is, I read them. I was very touched by them. And I decided to to buy as many as I could, you know, and I and give them out. Mm. And I bought them used, you know. I, I was able to get some used, sure. and uh, and and to keep the cost down. I'm not a very wealthy person, so you know, how am I going to make this work, you know? And, <laughs> right. and I gave them out, and uh, with different results. And some of the results mm. were like, you know, just blank stares, like you know, this, mm. you know, this is like a fairy tale, man. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, you know. I mean, are you kidding me? Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, because, and uh, and so, um, hmm. what you know? How I guess you know we only faith is an interesting thing. I mean, it's we cannot give people faith. <clears throat> yeah, right. That's impossible. Yeah. That's yeah. only God can do that. Right. Yeah, we can right. witness to the, to what we see. Yeah, right. and people can believe or not believe, and then and that's yeah. their that's that's their freedom, and that's yeah. sure. You know, um, uh, I, I can give you a good example of that. Yes, please. Um, I think it was the first trip I was going on. Uh, might have been no, it was the second trip because I knew where we were going. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, a, a family from Long Island, husband and wife and a daughter. The daughter was from a previous marriage for the wife, and so the father was really the stepfather. Mm-hmm. And we got to the airport, and there was all kinds of confusion, which happens at the New York airports. And um, they said that we are short one seat. So immediately, the father said, fine, I'll stay home. He was so happy to have an opportunity to do that. Well, somehow they worked it out, and he was able to go. And he was like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> so we get there, and we fly into, um, you know, I think we flew into Dubrovnik and then took a bus to Medjugorje. And as we're getting off the bus in Medjugorje, this guy was like, you know, dragging his hmm. feet. He didn't want to be there. It, everything was... He looked up into the sky, and there was the Blessed Mother. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. What he, do you mean by that? He saw in the clouds a perfect image of the Blessed Mother. So he saw, I mean, he saw the meaning that the clouds took the shape yeah. of the Blessed Mother. Yes. He, he saw that. Exactly. And, and as, it was a sign for him. For him, it was as clear a sign as anything something. could be. Yeah. yeah. And from that point on, he became not only, uh, you know, in very much supporting Medjugorje, but later years he ran pilgrimages to Medjugorje from New York. Wow. 
I mean, completely changed his whole life. Wow, it was just wow. amazing. Now, now we know that Wayne Weebel was was not a Catholic, right? He was and, Lutheran. Yes, and and reporting on the story as a investigative reporter for his newspaper or right. newspapers, uh, he yep. began to he became a believer, basically, right? Absolutely. Well, he thought it would be a nice thing to have a, a special um, uh, article about Medjugorje at Christmas time for his newspaper. Mm. That was his thought. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, went along to Medjugorje again as a non-believer, but he was so deeply touched and moved and then he heard the blessed mother, you know, telling him that she wanted him to be her biggest advocate. Mm. And eventually, of course, that's what happened. Wow. Wow. Um I, we are as Catholics what makes me feel very comfortable uh, coming back into the Catholic folds is that we're instructed that we're to lead our life with uh, two foundational principles, my understanding at least, is faith and reason. Mm-hmm. Faith and reason, yeah. not just blind faith. Right. And right. so the reason part, you know, I have, I am, as you guys know, I'm degreed in electrical engineering, right? So I have the background in, in logic and, and, and high-level mathematics and so on and so forth. So I'm always looking for, you know, as an engineer, or a scientist, you're like, how does this thing work? Mm-hmm. And does it work? Yeah. Is it really working? Or is this like imagination? And mm-hmm. is this kind of like the placebo effect? Yeah. You know, as people get healed, they go there, they believe. And the good feelings and the belief just make them all of a sudden get yeah. better. Sure. You know, so so um, so as, as in exercising reason, when it comes to these Marian visions, I think going back to Fatima is a, is a good place to even just look at briefly again. Mm-hmm. She... There were many, many incredible miracles that happened at Fatima. Right. Um, uh, I don't recall them all, but those are well documented and yep. and uh, healings. Do you do you want to comment on that a little bit? Well, certainly there were a lot there, and of course the biggest was the sun. Yes. And uh, you know, and then the, when all the people were gathered for one of the visions, uh, you know, we had this horrible rainstorm, mm. and then all of a sudden the sun comes out, and there wasn't a a drop of water anywhere. Everyone's clothes were dry. The whole—I mean—it was an incredible miracle for hundreds and hundreds of people. So it wasn't just like a, you know, a passing thing that one of the visionaries saw. Mm-hmm. And you know, the same type of thing um, seems to go wherever Mary goes. And we you know we have a um, even in in Medjugorje, there were a lot of things with the sun, and people could look at the sun directly as I can look at you, wow. and their eyes would not be harmed. Hmm. You know, I'm in. I can vouch for that because I, very sheepishly, but I tried it, (laughs) and I I saw the sun as clear as could be, and my eyes were not harmed in any sense. Interesting. Also, you sometimes you could look at the sun and you would see, like the center of the sun was a great big, uh, almost like a, a tan, opaque circle, and around it were fiery flames you know, kind of like dancing around it very much. And that's a very common thing that people saw. And I was like, how can that be, you know? And I looked up and there it was. The other thing that, uh, you know, I think I almost felt you were leading up to this, Hmm. that, um, you know, people have these rosaries. Hmm. And the rosaries, very often the chain links of the rosary turn gold. Wow. And it was like, no, come on, give me a break. Yeah, I've seen seen some. (laughs) Well, I have some. Oh, you have some? I do. I even have it with me right here in my pocket. Oh, my goodness. Um, It was a pair of rosaries that one of the first trips I went to, uh, Medjugorje, I um, bought this pair of rosaries for my mother. 
she always loved uh, Mother of Pearl, hmm. you know, with Rosary like that. And um, so I um, bought this that? rosary for her, and um, I brought it back to her, and she loved it. And she, you know, um, used it all the time. Awesome. And when my mother died about eight years ago, the family were going to so bury her with this particular rosary because that's the one that she used most of all. And I said, no, I don't want you to bury her with this. Um, I want that rosary. And the main reason why for that was also my mother had this love of the color wow. blue. And as they laid her out, she had nothing blue. And she had a beautiful dress, actually, that she herself had made. Um, and they fixed her all up, and it was beautifully, but mm -hmm. nothing blue. So I had a pair of rosaries that my mother had made with these glass, kind of crystal-like type things. She made. She used to make hundreds of rosaries. And so I said, I want to put the blue rosary with her in the coffin so that she would have some blue to go you know, on her final journey. And so as a result, I took this one out. And uh, then the next time I went to Medjugorje, that conference with the priests, mm -hmm. I came back and these rosaries, which I had brought with me, the, the chain links had turned gold. Wow. They, they were originally what color? Silver, like the cross. The cross didn't turn. Interesting. Yeah, that's very is a, clearly a silver. It's very obvious difference in the yeah. color, and I, I can I can attest for that. When I first looked at it, I, when you say gold, sometimes I think the the the, the um. The actual actual gold, right? Like it's yeah. not gold; it's the color yeah. gold, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? However, yeah. I have seen rosaries that were really gold. Really? Yeah. When I was in Medjugorje, the first time I went there, there was a little old lady, sweetest thing possible. Uh, she could barely walk and barely get around, but she had to go. And the first thing she did when she got off the bus, she said, "Look at my rosary!" And there it was, sparkling gold. Wow! I've never seen anything so beautiful. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's been in incredible physical healings. Mm. Yes. Like, not just like the sniffles going away. Yeah, We're right. talking about like <laughs> sure. all kinds of incredible, miraculous healings, both at Fatima and, and at Medjugorje. Can you comment on that a little bit? Well, anywhere that the Blessed Mother goes, she wants, to, wants us to know that she's our mother. And what is a mother's concern? For the well-being and the healing of her children. Mm. And anytime, you know, there's something that person needs when they ask Mary, you know, uh, go back to Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. When Mary appeared there, she said to Juan Diego, is there anything you need? I am your mother. Just ask me. I'll give it to you. So it's not surprising at all. You know, she has kept that, that same attitude, that same approach in all the visions that she has appeared. Um, and, you know, she's always been our intercessor. She's always been our advocate. Um, she's always been our mother. Yes. So. Yes, right. And to uh, a person who, um, who doesn't come from the Catholic background, um, what, you know, what, in your opinion, would be a way to uh, express Medjugorje and... Uh, about God and what's, you know, like in the most simple of terms, mm. um, how would we, because we have, you know, Father, and I, I know we already, we've spoken about this, but we have, we're so blessed. Mm -hmm. This program has this, yeah. has this, has this um, listenership that's not exclusively Catholic. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, most of the music that is submitted to our program are not from Catholics. Mm -hmm. And they're, it's beautiful, beautiful Christian music. Mm -hmm. People who love God, yeah. who love Jesus, 
you know, right. and a lo- who love the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that element that's listening in, and then there's there's a lot of people who are just not they don't go to church or they used right. to go to church or whatever. Yeah. How, how do how you know? And that's that's something that's always been on my heart. You know, how do we communicate with people in the sim- most simplest ways? I know that Mary's my mother. I know that because I have I she's helped me so much yes. and mm-hmm. and I and God has helped me so much I have that relationship so this makes sense to me but what about someone who doesn't yet have that relationship mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. how do we how do we communicate with yeah with those folks and we have that opportunity right now to do sure. that well I think the example of Wayne Weibel can be a big help yes because he didn't have any kind of relationship with the Blessed Mother yes uh, but you know the Lord kind of sent her and put him put her in his life and changed his whole life um, you know, and when you think of uh, what God has done in the whole history of mankind, from the very beginning, he was concerned that we would, you know, turn to him. Even back in the garden, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, it was like, okay, you sinned, but, you know, one day I'm going to send you a Savior. Mm-hmm. And how is, how is that Savior going to come to us? Well, read through the scriptures, especially the Old Testament, and you see that eventually it would be a child who would come, and this child would be born of a virgin. It's all right there in the scriptures, in Isaiah especially. And, you know, that child is the child of the Blessed Mother, of Mary, uh, Mary from Nazareth, you know, simple little girl. And, uh, you know, the Lord, again, is always, you know, reaching out to simple children like we're talking about in the, mm-hmm. all these visions. Yeah. And so Mary, um, you know, becomes the mother of Jesus, and Jesus came to the world to save us from our sin, to bring us life, and to bring us, you know, happiness and all the rest of these things. Mm-hmm. And who was the one who made that possible? It was Mary who agreed to be his mother. And, you know, she was willing to let the Holy Spirit come upon her, mm. to overshadow her is the word that is used in the scriptures. Yes. And she became the virgin mother. Never has this been known in the history of mankind. Never will it be known ever again. Mm. But it's it's a mystery, no question, it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have to make a, an act of faith to accept the mystery, but when you're faced with a mystery and there's no alternative, it's easy to accept. You know, and so Mary is our mother. She concerns and she loves us and she'll be with us and she'll guide us and she'll direct us. And, you know, we, we are so blessed. And that's why we call her the Blessed Mother. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so the Blessed Mother has appeared to, uh, and for those who are listening in, uh, thank you so much for listening. This is Praise You, Lord, episode number 119. We're speaking about Medjugorje, Fatima, and fear. And we're speaking, we brought in our very special guest, Father Richard Champney O'Carm, who is uh, who's really a, a, just a great man, and, and I'm so grateful for, uh, for, for you, Father, actually, for you, and also for you being here. Thank you. You've been a, a great um, help and servant to our community, and, and, and I thank you so much. And uh, and Father Richard has been to Medjugorje three times, and we yeah, yeah we spoke on the on the first broadcast about mm. this very subject, part one, Medjugorje, Fatima, and Fear, part one. This is part two. We spoke about these subjects, and uh, Michael was uh, our our intern who's back here helping us out. Uh, was actually sitting in. I even gave him a microphone, and uh, we we kind of sat around as like. Has anyone been to Medjugorje and none of us had? And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be nice to have someone give a testimony 
someone who's actually been there. Yeah. Mm. And so not only have you been there, Father, but you're a Catholic priest, of course, and a, and a holy Catholic priest. I I I believe. Thank you. And uh, and and uh, and you also know Wayne Weeble. And you had a radio interview with Wayne Weebel. I did, yes. And you've done a lot of radio. I've done several uh, radio interviews on Divine Mercy in particular. Yes, mm-hmm. and we're, we want to help people because uh, you have a lot of knowledge. I think people, for sure, are yeah. going to be interested in hearing those things. So well, we're the, hoping... The, the, yeah. the good part about yes. those interviews was they're all the world experts on Divine mm-hmm. Mercy. Wow. And we contacted all of them through my dear friend Peter Bruno, uh, a local who had a radio um, program that he uh, let us use to do these interviews. And these interviews um, were mostly um, by telephone, but a lot of them were live. And uh, we interviewed all the world experts as to what Divine Mercy is, what it's all about. You know, for people who had never heard of Divine Mercy, that's another mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, and with St. Faustina and all that goes with it. And it's just uh, been incredible. Uh, you know, to listen to the stories of all these people. And uh, you can go to divinemercymedia.org. Perfect. Uh, and under the title, uh, the, uh, on the bar at the top of the mm-hmm. word radio, and you will find there's close to 30 interviews that I did with these people. And awesome. I learned so much just listening to these people. It was just, just amazing, you know. So divinemercymedia.org. Correct. Yes, Divine Mercy media.org again that's divine mercy media.org and we're listening today and speaking with father richard champney O'Carm, and he uh i didn't know this i knew that you did a lot of radio and i knew you did it on the um specifically on divine mercy i recall that but i i guess i had failed to recognize that you spoke to uh many of the world's experts Mm -hmm. on this very subject and you can go to divine mercy media media media.org divine mercy media.org to hear any of those interviews and one of the interviews for that i guess was wayne weevil am i right am i no no that was was a a separate interview later on and uh, that was in preparation for wayne's visit to our parish of saint jude here in boca Mm. okay very good a whole separate one is there a way for people to hear that uh, I don't. I have a CD of it, but that's all. There's really okay. Uh, so perhaps you might be able to give us permission. We could sure. We could either share it on our website, Absolutely. or maybe even uh, maybe we could you. make a make a, a broadcast out of yeah. it, and rebroadcast that and it, interview. It's, it was a wonderful interview. It was I really, bet. I was I very bet. touched by it. Um, speaking of which, I was rereading some parts of Wayne's book, and as I was rereading it, it brought back a memory to me that I just want to share at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking about signs and, you know, gold chains and all this sort of thing. Um, when I was in Medjugorje myself in one of our pilgrimages, it was getting, it was after dinner and it was evening, it's starting to get dark. And right outside the church of St. James, uh, there was kind of a, a fence near our garden. And a whole group of us were just looking up at the top of the mountain. On the top of the mountain, Mount Krishovek, they call it, which is the cross hill, um, there is this incredible cross, 33, I forget now how many feet high it is, it's huge, but it's, um, it was built in 1933. 
to commemorate the year 33 when Christ was crucified on the cross. And that cross is up on the top of this incredibly high mountain. Hmm. And you can walk up. You can try to walk up. Um, I had a lot of trouble last time trying to walk up. (laughs) Needed all the help I could get, but we got it. We made it up to the top. And when you get up there, it's just beautiful. You can oversee the whole valley. um, And, you know, you can see for miles and miles around. But we were looking up at this um, cross on the top of the hill. And, you know, we were having a big discussion about eight or ten people if the light that we were seeing was red or white. And some people said, no, the the light up there is red. And others said, no, it's white, can't you see it? And no, it's to the right of the cross. No, it's to the left. And they were going back and forth, discussing this huge, great big beam of light that was coming down. Hmm. Well, the next day we mentioned that to Sister Isabel Betwe, who was our tour guide at that point, and she chuckled. And I said, what's so funny? She said, there's no electricity of any kind up on the mountain. Absolutely nothing. Hmm. No possibility of any light up there. Hmm. Well, Wayne Weibel describes in his book exactly the same phenomenon. And it was like I saw it. Hmm. There was no question in my mind that I was seeing. I saw red and white. Hmm. Some people saw only one or the other. Mm -hmm. But there it was, clear as could be. And there's there's no possibility of light up there. So there are a lot of um, mysterious, unusual things that are allegedly happening you're testifying that they that you saw this yeah yeah you saw it and that's your testimony i believe it because i believe your testimony and uh and so um i see the rosary it's definitely turned from the silver cross i mean i can see that the cross is a silver color yeah and that the the links in between the decades and all the the links i should say yeah are not the same color as that cross they're mm-hmm. definitely a gold color right 100 percent. yeah and i believe your testimony you're saying it was on all silver yeah yes and uh and we know medically that a lot of people have been healed of all kinds of uh of of disease mm-hmm. of mental disorder yeah. uh of um of of demonic possession even sure of uh of um Things like uh, just uh, incredible miracles, blindness, and people who couldn't walk, and these types of things. These have happened, uh, and I and I. These have happened. These things have happened. The mm, people, sure, just like uh, the mm. in the scripture, when Jesus uh, asked this man to take up his mat and walk, mm-hmm. right, he did. right, and he did it, and they were like, "Well, who who is this person?" Yeah. You know, I mean, he was the guy that was begging all these years in front of this, you know, this place, and now. Who is this guy? He, now he's walking. Right. Now, how did yeah. that happen, right? Well, the first thing that matters is that it happened. Right. I think that this is something we must agree on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where the reason comes in. It did happen. Yeah. This is what has happened. Now, as people who listen to the testimony, we have to decide, well, did it happen because uh, why did it happen? Mm-hmm. That's the next point. Sure. Why did it happen? And and I have come to the conclusion for my, for my own self, through my own faith, through my own... Um, investigation. This is God. Yeah. This is clearly God, and it's clear, and He's clearly doing it by choice. God's choice is through this Miriam, mm-hmm. this Jewish, originally a, a young, young maiden, young woman, and we call Mary, but I believe her name was Miriam. That's the Jewish name, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's accurate, but I think it is. And uh, and now uh, Mary is not. 
asleep in the ground. Mary is, we believe, with God in heaven, and God has given her the ability in her new glorified body or however God wanted to do it. I don't really understand it, but Mm -hmm. she is able to appear because of God's power in Ecuador and all the way across the world in Medjugorje and have appeared to uh, a Mexican Indian Mm-hmm. named Juan Diego in Guadalupe, which mm-hmm. I completely believe. Yeah, and, uh, and these things that have happened had a lot to do with me coming back to the Catholic faith because I said, okay, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this is God. I mean, if God is doing this, I better be paying attention to it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the, trying to get our attention, no question. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, and Father, Father Richard, uh, Champney O'Carm speaking we're, we're speaking with today and Jackson Massacre here uh, in, in the co-pilot chair thanks for coming down man yeah thank yeah you, thank thanks you. for being here and so um, Father Father Richard um, God's trying to get our attention he has given 10 secrets right allegedly to these to, to these each of the visionaries to each of the visionaries not all right. of them have received the 10 can you would you like to comment on that and, yeah. and what do you think God is trying to say to us here well, first of all, I think there are three of them who have not yet got all ten. Um, I think, I think the three of them have nine, which means there's only one left until they get it. Now, the others have told us that when all ten secrets are given to all the visionaries, that the Lord will start to reveal them, and He's already chosen a priest that they are contacting to be the one who will reveal this to the world. Uh, what the what the secrets are, we don't have a clue. There's nothing in the visionaries don't say anything about them. They're not, they don't say they're warnings. They don't say that they're, um, you know, problems. That they, they just are not saying what they are, except that they are, are going to be revealed and that, you know, the whole world will change once they are revealed. I see. And to me, that's a very positive thing. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe I'm just too optimistic, but, you know, it, it sounds to me much like, you know, the Lord is finally going to step in and heal whatever needs to be healed in the whole world. And maybe the prayer of Jesus at the Last Supper will come true when he said, I pray that all will be one. And that's, you know, that's the prayer of Jesus. And that's the prayer that I think, you know, that Mary is constantly, uh, you know, adding in her own way throughout the world wherever she goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's just a matter of time before that happens. It could be this year. It could be next year. It could be 10 more years. You know, it's been already all these years that Mary has been appearing. And it's like, well, her time schedule, uh, she's not in a rush, you know. So um, we're anxious, like, gee, we'd like to know what it's all about. You know, we're very uh, curious to get all of this information and you know i'd like to be the first one to know then i could tell the whole world myself but you know that's not really god's plan and so again this is that humble obedience that uh, you know the lord is asking from us and mary is the perfect example of it amen um father richard on the uh secrets at, at medjugorje uh my understanding and reading that i've done is that some of the later ones uh, maybe chastisements that that could come upon the earth. Uh, is, 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 do you feel that that's accurate? Um, it could well be. I mean, I have no reason to doubt it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the chastisements that are spoken of are for our benefit. 
they're not to harm us or to hurt us, but in a, in a sense um, to kind of straighten us out. You know, um, I see. You know, it's like a, a parent. You know, um, in the scriptures recently, they were talking about you know being disciples, and a father disciplines his son because he loves him. And you know, discipline also, if you recall the origin of the word, it means to be taught. And so, you know, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, we need to be taught, and sometimes we need to be taught in a strong way. Um, you know, the old uh, book of uh, in the Old Testament says, "Spare the rod and spoil the child." And that's you know we don't want to do that, and the Lord is trying to bring us closer and closer to Him. And you know, for some people, the only way He's going to get their attention is from some kind of chastisement. So, in, in essence, uh, if if a if a person gets right with God, right, they don't have anything to fear. Nothing to fear. Uh, no fear whatsoever. You know, the Lord. I mean. He's, he loves us, and you know, as you, we were talking earlier, that one of my favorite quotes is from the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 18, where there's love, there's no room for fear, and perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has to do with obedience. You know, if you are not obedient, you, you should fear. Mm. <laughs> so then I would say that a lot of people have a lot to fear. Amen. Yeah, unfortunately. Because most of us are not walking in obedience. Yeah, unfortunately, that's very true. Mm. And that's why Mary keeps coming and coming and coming and say, pray, pray, pray. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, you're listening in, if you're just listening in now um, and tuning in to Praise You, Lord, episode number 119. We're speaking about Medjugorje, Fatima, and fear, part two. And we are very blessed and grateful to have Father Richard Champney O'Carm in the studio with us today. He's a good friend. He's a holy Roman Catholic priest. I know him personally. Uh, you're a real treasure to our community, Father. Yes. Thank you. Father Richard is uh, not only uh, all of those things, he also is able to give his testimony about his experience at Medjugorje because he's been there three times. Jackson Messick is here on the program. Jackson, how you doing, man? What's hey, going good on? Good to be here. What are you thinking? What do, What do you? Any Any inspiration here? Well, yeah. I mean, as as we were speaking, um, his name is pronounced Yvonne, one of the visionaries. Yes. Um, I I had I had the opportunity. I don't know if you remember you and I talking about this, Jeff. Um, I'd say within um, a year of having my you know my first encounter with the Lord. Um, at the praise and worship group, which I brought up um, on here before, um, within a year of that, I ended up at um, a Yvonne ended up coming into town uh, to a church in Boynton Beach. I don't remember exactly where it was, um, but I had the privilege of being there, and um, actually went with Damien, a good friend of ours. Sure. Um, I mean, we were brand new. Um, to trying to walk with the Lord from developing a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember we ended up there, we were sitting in the back of the room and <clears throat> you know, father Richard, you had mentioned the, the peace that you felt yeah. at Medjugorje. And, and it's funny, this just from this encounter, I'd say one of the most powerful things that I remember is the peace yeah. that I felt in that room, right? And I, I remember Jeff and I have talked about this because he's seen... Well, um, that's, that's what helped me believe in Mary also because mm -hmm. I be, I was in a desperate position. 
this was back uh, if you, we can listen back to our conversation Jackson sure. back, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the first um, part one of Medjugorje Fatima and Fear uh, Father Richard I had been uh, in a desperate situation you know a lot of my testimony mm-hmm. as well you've heard it I'm sure a few times but um, and there was a, just the rosary showed up and I was desperate for anything I said sure let's pray it you know and, and I, I began to pray with a pretty girl I mean what the heck why not you know and, and it was <laughs> who ended up becoming my girlfriend at the time but mm-hmm. we were friends and uh, she needed to pray for something in Puerto Rico about her family and mm-hmm. I needed to pray for myself because I was messed up yeah. and uh, I needed help and I began to feel peace, and mm. it was like so definitive. Mm. And that's when I began to realize this is reasonable because everything else I tried wasn't bringing me peace, but the rosary brought me peace. Mm. Go back to what, what you were saying, Jeff. Yeah, Sorry. sure. No, no, not at all, Jeff. That, yeah, that's 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 a great point. And and this from this night in particular, um, I remember we were sitting in the back, and the way that they were doing it this evening was they were just going to pray the rosary until Yvonne. Um, made it clear by some sort of signal that he was having the vision that night. And um, so I remember Damien and I were just sitting in the back and praying. Um, again, this was all really new to us. Um, we, were, we were just praying with everybody. The room, the room was packed. And um, at some point, um, Yvonne just raised his hand to let everybody know that, um, that he was having the vision of Our Lady. And I remember talking to Damien after because this is something that was so apparent. The entire room went completely silent. I had the same experience. Yeah, in I Boston. think we had talked to. I, rem- I remember. I mean, Jeff, even the little babies were wouldn't make a noise. I was just about to it say was the that. Quietest was, I mean, I've the, ever all heard. The children in the room. Yeah, I never nothing. heard silence like that in my life. Mm. And, and the multitude of people that were there. And right. it happened uh, at least two or three times in my experience. I can't recall. I think mm. I, I think I've been well, at least two. Let's just say two because yeah. I know. For sure, too. Wow. Yeah. Guys, we're, we're coming close to the end yeah, of the sure, program, sure. so we okay. need to wrap the interview up. All right. Well, Father. Yeah, one thing I want to say is, um, you know, Jeffrey has mentioned all kinds of things about me, but I just want to affirm Jeffrey and Jackson and Michael over in the back there. These are three men of God who have been a tremendous support to me personally and, you know, have been a, a wonderful example of who and what a good Christian man can be, should be, and right now is. So thank you very wow. much. Thank, thank you, you so much, Father thank Richard. You. Thank you. Father, thank you. thank you for coming down. This is the bumper music. We've got to run. Okay. Thank you so much, Father Richard O'Carm. My pleasure. Yes, and Jackson. Thank you. And Michael as well. God bless you and your families. Looking forward to hearing, uh, speaking to you next week. God bless you and your families. And most of all, praise you, Lord. Amen.